Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, I believe that, uh, that curiosity is a really good thing and a, and a great gift. And so I tend to ask a lot of questions. My wife, Liz, says that I, I ask a lot of questions to which I usually reply to her, uh, why do you say that? I ask questions because uh, I'm trying to understand uh, stuff. I like to know what you're thinking. I like to know what you're about. I like to know what makes you, you. And so if we were to ever have coffee together sometime, I'll probably ask you a lot of questions about yourself. And, and honestly, I would rather talk about you than talk about me. And I realize uh, if, if you're like a parent, for instance, with your kids at a certain stage of life that you can get tired of questions. But those are different kind of questions. The question's like, when are we gonna get there? And what's for dinner? And why not? Just why not? Those are not really helpful questions, are they, if you're a parent? They are uh, questions that your kids use over and over again to intentionally like wear you down until all you are is this raging ball of white hot frustration and anger. But questions are good, they're helpful to understand the why behind certain things and, and, the, and the what, like what we're doing and where we're going together and so as, uh, as we begin a season of this church where this Sunday in person we're gonna be in a brand new place where are where, where like so there, like some of you guys maybe are watching new here today, and we're really glad you're here. Uh, others of you have been watching for a while, and you both may be wondering the same thing: Why are you going there? Maybe you're wondering why are we here? Not even necessarily in a like an existential way, like, but why is a church here in this community on video at this time meeting in a place like this, like the Kane Center? in person, what are we doing here? There, have, uh, there, there are people who have been asking that question inside the Love Lake Norman community, and there will be people on the outside in the Lake Norman community who have been asking that question too, all for maybe different reasons. Why are we here? Why is Love Lake Norman here? It's, it's good to ask that question. And, and I wanna answer it today by telling you a story about a guy who I think had actually stopped asking questions about his life and his purpose, and stopped asking questions about God. He had just stopped. He had fallen into a routine, into accepting that life had passed him by already and that there, were, there was no future for him, there was no hope for him other than the future that, that like he made for himself. And it's easy to feel that way, isn't it? We put our, our heads down, we grind, we work hard, and sometimes it feels like we aren't getting anywhere. We're running, right? But, but it's like we're on a treadmill running and it's, it's, or we're in a cul-de-sac, like the cul-de-sac of life. Like when I was a kid, I used to ride my bike in a cul-de-sac near our house, around and around and around in circles. A lot of motion, but no movement. And, and that's what life can start to, to feel like when the job is demanding, the bills are due, you and your spouse barely see each other at night and the kids need things and it feels like there's a flurry of activity. And, and when you finally get a few minutes to think, you're like, yeah, there's a lot of activity, but where is this really going? I wanna share this story from the scriptures about Jesus and this man with you. Sometime later, 
Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, this is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate. Uh, there's in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. So there was a man uh, lying by the pool that was supposed to be a healing a healing pool in Jerusalem with, with all these other disabled people, people who were blind, people who were lame, people who were paralyzed. And legend, like Jewish legend had it, that this pool, uh, every so often during the day, the pool would bubble up because angels would come and stir up the water with their finger and they would cause it to have healing properties for the first person to get down into the water, but just the first, not for anybody else. And so when, when that happened, everybody would scramble towards the water. And it says in verse five of this passage that one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. The man had been there 38 years. 38 years is about how long I've been wearing contact lenses. And it's, it's been a long, long time since I've actually thought about it. I just, I just put my contacts in and I take them out at night every single uh, day I put them in, I take them out. I don't think about it. It's just what I do. That's a lot of time passing, just living for this man with his disability, waiting to get down into the healing pool, hoping for a miracle. After 38 years, he was just living with it in this place, stuck in this, this cul-de-sac of life where he's just going around and around. It's just what he did. He probably wasn't hoping for a miracle anymore. This is just this is how things were, and, and there was no changing it as far as he could see. Living with his disability, being reminded of it every single day, being reminded of his past. We, we don't know why he was hurt or, or in this condition. Maybe there was a day in his past where he'd been in an accident, or perhaps he had a disease that did this to him. We don't know. But what we do know is that he'd lived his entire life with that incident determining so much about who he was and what he could or could not do. Some of you, some of you have lived in a, a, like a lot of different places, a lot of different, different time zones in the world. I'm, a, I'm like an Eastern time zone guy. I've never lived anywhere else. But did you know that we all actually live in, in three time zones all at once? Yeah, we do. We all live simultaneously in the past, and in the present and in the future. Uh, most of the time, what we do is we allow by, by default our past to tell us what we're capable of in our future. Our, our past failures, our past struggles, our past problems, our past history, we allow the past to have a lot of say-so into our present and into our future. That's what this man was doing. His past injury, his accident, the deformity, what, whatever had happened to him, was determining the trajectory of his entire life. There was no getting past it. There was, there was no getting over it. It was what it was. In fact, he was, in some ways, his disability, and that wasn't apparently gonna change in his mind. And he was just riding around in the circle, a, a life full of motion, back and forth to the pool, back and forth to the pool, back and forth to the pool, but no real movement. For a lot of you and me, like your past has determined a lot about how you're living today and what you think about your future. Some of us even live 
in the past. Don't we? Always reliving the good old days, wondering what could have been if things had turned out differently. Wondering what could have happened if you'd done this instead of that, or if, if that thing that has impacted you so negatively didn't happen at all. What would it have been like now? We allow our past to tell us what we're capable of in our present and in our future. We let the failures sometimes of the past define us. We let that loss define us. We let what that person said or what they did when we were a child define us. Our presence deeply affected by our past and and, and we tend to begin to believe that that's the only way to live. But what if it's not? This man was about to discover what, what so many of us here have found as we have formed and joined into this community of of Christ seekers and Christ followers together over the last six years, that when you come into contact with Jesus, the real Jesus, you come into contact with the one who holds your your future in his hands. The one who sees into your your future and sees beyond your your, your problems, that when you come into contact with with him and and have an experience with the real Jesus, your future actually starts to become reality. You can begin to get a crystal clear, white hot vision of what is possible. And you can begin to let that dictate what you need to do in the present moment. And having such a strong view of your your future that that it would allow you to make decisions about the present, not just based on the past, but what's based on what you want and see in your future. And so, this man had been lying there for 38 years, stuck. And it says this, when Jesus saw him lying there. Before I get to the question that Jesus asks, notice this small but incredibly significant thing that Jesus does. He sees him. It says Jesus saw him. And I know that you feel like Uh, sometimes no one knows what you're going through. No one knows what your issues are. No one knows what your problems are. You haven't been able to tell anybody. Nobody sees and definitely nobody cares. In your struggle, Jesus sees you. In your loneliness, Jesus sees you. In your physical pain, Jesus sees you. In your emotional or, or, or mental struggle, Jesus sees you. In all of your unmet potential and your unrealized dreams, Jesus sees you. And he not only sees you as you are, He sees you as you can be, because you're not the only one with a vision for your life. You see, he has a vision for your life too, but he needs to answer, he needs you to answer a question first, just like he needed to ask this man a question first. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Maybe that comes off as insulting at first. Do I want to get well, Jesus? I mean, what do you think I'm doing here? Like, what do you, what do you think I've done this whole time? What do you mean, do I want to get well? In fact, the invalid says this. This is how he responds to Jesus. Sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You notice he doesn't actually say, yes, I want to get well. He offers up a couple of kind of lame complaints. Nobody is helping me. And when I do try to get in, somebody always gets there first. Remember, 
They, they thought it was only the first one in the water who received any kind of healing. But, but also my guess is that after 38 years, he'd gotten pretty comfortable with his problem. After that long, you, you have to assume someone is like bringing him to the pool every day. Someone's giving him food every single day. And he sees the same people every single day. Everybody is dealing with the same issues. People know him and know him as, hey, that's like that guy, you know, the guy who had that awful accident 38 years ago. He's known as that guy. How often do excuses win the day? But it's like author Annie Dillard says, she says it like this, how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. Life is going by here. And so uh, Jesus is cutting directly to the point. Do you really want to get well? What does your future look like? Like, Are you ready to change? Or have you gotten really comfortable with where you are? Problems and all. Jesus sees beyond your past, through your present and into your future, and he wants to pull you forward through all of that. And this man's response was enough for Jesus. What does Jesus say? Does he say something like this? Well, we'll come and take this series of classes, and when you finish, we'll assess things then. No. Does he say, let me make sure you have all your questions answered about God and the world and why bad things happen first, and then you can come and follow me? No. Here's what Jesus said to him. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Here was a man who was straddling his past and his present with his life, living with all of the weight of the past on him, unable to see the future for himself. And here's Jesus standing in between this man's present and his future, calling him forward into the future that he had envisioned for him, telling him, hey, your past is your past, but it doesn't have to be your future. Your past is real, but it doesn't define who you are. Let me say this to you today. Your past is your past, but it doesn't have to be your future. Your past is real, but it doesn't define who you are. There are moments in your life where you need to hear what Jesus is saying to you. Sometimes you need to hear strongly and clearly Jesus saying to you, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Get up, pick up your mat and walk. And this man who had laid there for 38 years and had no thoughts about his future, other than, well, I guess tomorrow I'm going to go back and do the whole thing over again, suddenly had a future. He suddenly had potential for something different because he realized in that instant that his past didn't define him any longer, that there was life ahead, not because he said so or because he stuck his toes into that pool, but because Jesus said so, that there was real healing from his past into the present so that there could be real hope for a future. This is, this is commanding Jesus. This is tell me what to do, Jesus. And sometimes we need that. He wants to make you well. That's his goal. And that's gonna take an abrupt change in what you're doing and how you see your life. You'll have to take a risk. What is it? 
look like today for you to get up and walk? What's that look like? Maybe it's to, to have the conversation that you don't want to have, but you know you need to. Or to start the thing that you're afraid to start or to admit you can't help yourself, that it's becoming unmanageable. Maybe it means it's time to ask for help. All these things may be important and necessary, but with the ultimate realization that Jesus wants you to get up, sometimes you just need to get up and start walking. Verse nine, at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. So some questions for you today. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Like, like raise your hand wherever you are, right? If there are things in your life that you need healing for or healing from, it's okay to, to like raise your hand if you're in, a, you're in a safe place, you're probably by yourself right now. Or let me ask you this. Have you let your past determine too much about your future? Your past is real, but it doesn't get the final word. Jesus does. Why are we here? This is why. To declare Jesus as the ultimate healer and savior to ourselves, to one another, and to our world. So let me ask you, why are you here? Why are you watching? Because this isn't a theater or a TV screen and you're not just a show that we put on for. This is a church. Jesus said it like this. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mark chapter two. And it just might be that we have more in common with the invalid by the pool than we think we do. Because none of us are spiritually healthy on our own. None of us are righteous. Why are you here? Maybe to be reminded of some things that are true. Maybe it's to find the courage to take another step, to take the next step. And so let me give you some next step options here. What does it look like for you to get up? It might be for you that it's to get motivated. Do you want to get well? Maybe for you today, it's just about saying yes. And that might take a lot of courage to simply say yes, get motivated. Or maybe you need to get real. You need to be honest with yourself, honest with others, honest with God about what you're feeling, about what you're facing, and about what you need. Maybe you simply need today to get real about your situation. Or for you, it might be that you just need to get moving. You know, like it's time to get up, it's time to get moving, and, and uh, it might just be that you take your next step. You know it, but you just haven't done it. Maybe it's that you join a serving team here because you're really ready to get moving, or you connect with a crew here because you're really ready to get moving. You put others in our community first because you're really ready to get going. There may be multiple things that you can do, but if this is you, you should just pick one and start. Or last, maybe getting up for you today means that you get help. You tell somebody what's going on. It's okay to admit, you know, that you don't have it all together, that things are on the verge of falling apart, and so are you, and that you need help. From a friend, from a pastor, from a counselor, maybe you need to get help. Get motivated, get real, get moving, get help.
Whatever it is for you, the truth is this. Sometimes you just need to get up and walk. Let's pray. God, thank you that you don't leave us where we are. You don't want to leave us right where we are. And so many of us today are stuck in our past. We're stuck in the old ways of doing things. We're stuck in a comment somebody said about us years ago. We're stuck in what somebody did to us, or we're stuck in something that we did to ourselves, and we can't get past it when you're pulling us forward into the future that you've designed for us. God, can we let go of the things that we need to let go of and be able to see the next steps that you're calling us to take? Maybe it means that it's time to get motivated, God. Maybe it means that it's time to get, get real with the people uh, around us. Maybe it means that it's time to get moving or we need to just simply take a step forward. Maybe it's time to say, I need to get help. Whatever it is, God, would you give us the courage today to do just that? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.